Chapter 72 Parents But if Pillowhead was Alex, why did he look like a regular human? When Amaranthine had revealed himself to Nyx, he'd been positively dripping with evil. Was he just better at hiding it in public? Was she looking at the man who'd just killed Urbanek? And now, unless Nyx was mistaken, Abendroth had come to deal with Sarah himself, while his sister Lamia distracted everyone out front. Go away, Nyx rumbled at him. Alex didn't react. Hurting Sarah won't accomplish anything. Alex continued to watch Sarah, as if waiting for the perfect moment. Nyx rubbed her hands together. With the heat built up in her palms, Nyx reached behind the curtain and tried to pull off Alex's pillowcase. Unfortunately, it had been gathered tightly at the back of his skinny little neck. Was it tied? Nyx got a bit more reckless about removing it and accidentally pressed her hand into his skull. But instead of getting electrocuted and thrown backward, his entire soul convulsed with terror. She had felt amaranthine and nearly drowned in his flood of evil. Crap. That was no human. It must be like Andy had said. Alex and Odias were so enmeshed the darkness was fully contained. Not safe here, Nyx rumbled into Sarah's ear. Go out front! Sarah glanced over her shoulder. Mom didn't come. She said she didn't feel well. Yes, I promise, Daddy. I'll stay backstage until you get here. Nyx created a little friction with her legs, then carefully kicked the phone out of Sarah's hand. It skittered along the floor. Yes, but Sarah acted as if it had been her own clumsiness, rather than a paranormal warning. Even after returning with her phone, she didn't so much as glance in the direction of the curtain and Abendroth's feet. Oh, flip. The shoes had disappeared. Abendroth was no longer behind the curtain. Probably crouched by some backdrop ready to spring. What now? Nyx couldn't physically stop a demon, and Sarah wasn't listening to sense. Now would be a great time to have arms, legs, and a pair of lungs. Not to mention Lamia could steal her body at any moment. Nyx had no idea how long she'd been out. She was fairly certain it hadn't been more than five minutes, but still. Nyx made it back into her body, faster than she'd ever managed before. Maybe that's why the jolt of blinding pain seemed worse than usual. As soon as the agony disappeared, and she remembered most of what was going on, Nyx yelled, Sarah, Abendroth is here! It sounded more like a croak. She pressed her diaphragm and shouted so loud it hurt her throat. You've got to get out front with other people! Sarah, can you hear me? Why didn't she answer? Were the brawlers too noisy? Or maybe Alex already had her? Panic twisted Nyx's innards. Back in her body, she didn't feel quite so invincible. In fact, there in the dark, barely able to move without anyone listening, she felt completely helpless. She had to get up there and warn Sarah, with her mouth. Nyx forced her cold muscles to contract. She clumsily rolled onto her belly, then pushed up to her knees. She had to go faster than this. She looked around for her backpack and realized she'd left it up on stage next to Urbanek's boot. Naturally, the one time she really needed the jerky, it was out of reach. Jordan, are you up there? No answer. Can anybody hear me? Shouts and swearing continued to pour from the audience area. How could anyone possibly hear her with all that going on? With no one to work the lift, she'd have to climb up the traditional way. Nix struggled to her feet. The ladder lay on the other side of the room. The rungs glowed orange from the stage lights. She kept her gaze locked on the opening and hobbled across the dark space. When she arrived at the ladder, her limbs felt twice their normal weight. She paused to rest. 
hoping the pins and needles feeling would lessen. It didn't. But she was out of time. As she struggled to lift her leg onto the bottom rung, Nix knew she was in trouble. Getting one foot in place sapped every ounce of her strength. Climbing half a dozen rungs was out of the question. Should she go back out and try to do the inside-out thing she'd done in the Cherry's house and when she'd saved Jordan? But she had no idea how she'd done that. Panic gathered in her chest and cut off her air. Who would warn Sarah? Who would protect her? If Jordan could hang upside down from a roof to defend Nix, the least she could do was climb a stupid ladder. She gripped one of the cold iron rungs and pulled with all her might. Her body rose a few inches, but when she moved her foot to find the next rung, her limbs gave out completely. With a crash, she fell to the concrete floor. Sarah, can you hear me? Nix called through gasps for breath. Run! The cold floor sucked at her remaining body heat. She pulled herself to her feet once more. Through the square hole, she could see the light rigging and part of a backdrop. The opening seemed so close, yet with her rubberized limbs, she might as well have been at the bottom of a well. Or a grave. The claustrophobia came flooding back. For a moment, the ladder became a slick mud wall. The overhead lights transformed into a rickety old lantern, just out of reach. Her sweat-soaked clothes tightened around her. Think. How had she gotten herself out the first time? She hadn't. The realization hit her like a fist to the stomach. She'd given up and waited for the police to find her. Surely there must be someone else who could help Sarah. Where was Jordan? Had he forgotten she was down here? He could do some serious damage to Pillowhead with those metal crutches. Jordan was getting good at hearing her ghostly whispers. It shouldn't take him too long to hobble back to the stage, hopefully. Then he could whisk Sarah to safety, or at least give Pillowhead a few contusions. Lamia and her spirit buddies would most likely see Nix, but if she couldn't lift herself out of the pit, she doubted the demons would be able to. Except she was pretty sure they had supernatural strength. It didn't matter. Sarah's life hung in the balance. Nix's flesh slapped to the ground at her feet. Whoops. She'd left her body without actually meaning to. Not a good habit to get into. But at least there was no spreading pool of blood at her head. She passed through the stage floor. It felt like escaping prison. Sarah was still on the phone. Maybe Pillowhead was waiting for her to hang up, so she couldn't cry for help. Nix scanned her full field of vision, even zipped around a bit, but Pillowhead was nowhere to be seen. Stupid backstage with all its nooks and crannies. Out front, someone started screaming like they were being drawn and quartered. Nix nearly went out to help, but caught herself. She couldn't risk the demons seeing her. She had to focus on Sarah. Where was Jordan? Maybe he'd gone outside to meet his dad? The thought of police storming in, guns raised, made her giddy. Please let them come soon. Movement. A dark figure sprinted across the stage toward Sarah. Nix materialized right in Sarah's face. Run, Sarah, run! Sarah finally stood up. Finally. The running figure burst out of the shadows. Sarah punched him in the face. Tiago fell backward onto the floor. Whoops, but at least Sarah wasn't alone anymore. Sorry, Sarah said, but you shouldn't scare people like that. Tiago stopped tending to his nose long enough to look confused. You're bleeding, Sarah said. Tiago wiped the blood with the hem of his shirt, revealing the indents of a flat stomach. Logically, Nix knew she should have been distracted, salivating, or at least impressed. But this time, for some reason, she felt nothing. She still thought of him as handsome, and she'd still be crushing on him when they were in a rest home. But the fierce biological need to paste herself all over him was gone. Everyone had stomach muscles, whether visible or not strange. 
It was almost as if her mind were clearer, more objective, away from the hormones of her physical body. She wasn't sure if she liked it or not. It was great for her self-esteem, not to drown in longing, but at the same time, she kind of missed the passion of it all. Dad, I've got to go, Sarah hung up and stuffed the phone in her back pocket. I didn't see you out front, Tiago said through his pinched nose. I wanted to make sure you were okay. I'm fine, why were you running? Tiago released his nose and grimaced. Uh, I guess shadowy areas kind of freak me out. I always think someone's going to jump out at me or something. Stupid. For once, Nix was grateful for Tiago's fear of the dark. Danger here, she rumbled on both sides of Tiago's head. Go out front, now! Tiago scanned the darkness, his eyes a bit larger than normal. A good start. Now if Nix could get them both on the other side of the fish tanks. Are you sure you're okay? Sarah asked. You're shaking. I'm. His fear and embarrassment seemed locked in battle. His fear won. Maybe we should go out front. Sarah smiled sadly. My dad's paranoid. He wants me to wait backstage. Why don't you stay here with me? Tiago bit the inside of his cheek. Sarah took a step toward him. There's something I've been meaning to talk to you about. At this point, Nix was seriously regretting her inability to slap them both upside the head. Of course, Sarah would have to wait until they were in mortal danger to confess her love. Tiago, run! Take Sarah! Tiago looked toward the front of the stage, as if contemplating making a break for it. Then Sarah put a hand on his cheek, and he seemed to forget all about his escape attempts. She brought her face within inches of his. Tiago, I don't care what my dad says. I can't stay away from you. The days I don't see you, it feels like the sun hasn't risen. What? Has she been reading Ms. Winkle's sleazy romance novels? Enough with the mush, Nick shouted in their faces. Demon Abendroth is still back here somewhere. But then again, shouldn't he have attacked by now? He'd had plenty of time. Maybe he wasn't actually there for Sarah. I think I'm in love with you, Santiago Padilla. Ridiculous teenagers and their melodrama. Nix was certain her own melodrama had never been that vapid. Fairly certain. As Sarah leaned in to press her glossy lips onto Tiago's mouth, thoughts of masked men drained away, leaving a hollow hopelessness in Nix's center. Wait, wasn't her ghost self supposed to be immune to Tiago's animal magnetism? Nix realized she didn't feel the need to make out with Tiago so much as be the one he loved more than anything. Apparently, emotional neediness also carried over into the spirit world. Sarah brought a slender white hand around the nape of Tiago's neck, and Nix's innards lurched as if the world had started spinning the wrong way. Nix reached out her own hand. This time, her thin ghost fingers didn't bring the joy they once had. She laid her hand on Tiago's shoulder, careful not to get zapped, and tried to ignore the blonde attached to his mouth. She brought her head close to his ear, imagining the smells she knew so well. I love you more, Nix whispered. And then, in a fit of pettiness, she knew she'd regret later. Nix worked up some heat, pulled Sarah's phone out of her back pocket, and jabbed it into the small of her back. Sarah arched her spine and her mouth disengaged from Tiago's. Before Tiago could open his eyes, Nix used the last remaining heat to make her lips solid and press them into Tiago's. She was clearly a little too enthusiastic about it because the kiss sent her flying sideways through the aquariums. She regained control of herself in the dead center of the auditorium. Below her, the riot was still going strong. The blood-curdling screams of pain were coming from Beryl, who sat huddled under the keyboard, a bone protruding from her arm. Nix barely noticed. She was too preoccupied with the half-dozen demons now staring straight at her. And no matter how fat or ugly her body may have been, she would have given anything to be in it at that exact moment. In that same microsecond backstage, 
she also noticed a black and white shape fall from the catwalk. Abendroth, with the grace of a satanic cat, he had silently dropped twenty feet as if it were a single step. Right where Sarah and Tiago had been sitting, it wasn't over. Alex had Sarah, and there was nothing anyone could do about it. But didn't Nyx have, like, half a dozen superpowers? There had to be something she could do. The demons in the audience flitted about like flying spiders, clearly searching for Nyx's body. But she couldn't let Odias have Sarah without a fight. Her instinct was to turn herself inside out again, fill the room with fog and freeze time in a glacial explosion. It didn't really make any sense, but it sounded cool in her head. But then someone called her. She turned toward the back theater seats and noticed a bloody flash of red. Her mother still stood in the entryway, not bleeding, but wearing a velvet Santa hat with holly pinned to the white fur trim. There, with his arm draped around Mrs. Wack, stood the big eyebrow guy. He was dressed like a quintessential Christmas pageant shepherd. He wore a bathrobe with a towel tied to his head. He looked directly at Nix and, without opening his mouth, said a single word. Sing. Seriously? He nodded. You trusted me once to get you out of a hole. Nix had no idea who that guy was or how he could see and speak to her, but he seemed pretty confident he knew what he was talking about. And, since Nix didn't have any better ideas, she sang. It was the first time she'd ever done it out of body. Technically, she wasn't really singing, at least not with her mouth. Her entire person seemed to open up to let the music out. It wasn't any song she knew. It felt like a physical creation. In fact, something was happening around her. Slow motion sparks flowed out of her in waves, coming stronger with each note. This was different than Belly's haunting lessons, something else entirely. It felt like the light had always been there, waiting for her to unlock it. She sang louder and her fear fled completely. The light changed from white to purple and began to release its own ethereal sound in perfect harmony with Nix's voice. The fighting and screaming slowed, then stopped. Few stared upward as if they could see the light show. Some cocked their head, listening. The spiders of darkness had frozen as well. They seemed confused. Their eyes scanned the crowd around them, as if wondering what had changed. Finally, they scurried away, disappearing back into the shadows. Well, that was the riot and demons taken care of. Now to see about her friends. Nick stopped singing and thought herself back through the curtain and froze. Abendroth was back, and there were two of them. Tiago and Sarah struggled against identical assailants in pillowcase masks. Not that it was much of a struggle. The pair of pillowheads had pinned the teens' arms to their sides and now carried them as easily as if they'd been small dogs toward the fish tanks. On the other side of the curtain, the echo of the music faded. A prickle of cold passed through her, and she knew the demons were coming back out. Phoenix. The man with dark eyebrows now stood just off stage. He said her name again, speaking directly into her mind. And for the first time, she didn't mind hearing her full name. The man had somehow infused her name with power and meaning, as if he was not only saying it, but naming her anew. The world spun to a stop. Dad. The man whose eyebrows and blue eyes Nix realized looked a lot like her own, made a walking gesture with two fingers. A glowing, shimmering puddle floated in the air at her feet. As she watched, what could only be described as a portal opened four feet above the stage trapdoor. Within the glowing circle, 
three iridescent stairs appeared. It looked like a levitating manhole with pearl steps leading downward. What the flip was that? The big eyebrowed man rubbed his hands together, creating a puff of white fog. In some way, Nix didn't understand. She knew that man was her real father. Patrick had been right. How long ago had he died? Before Nix was born? The man, her dad, smiled at Nix, then pulled down on a rope. The main curtains opened wide enough that people were able to see onto the stage. People and demons, several shadowy spirits caught sight of her dad, shot through the gap in the curtain, and converged on him. Her dad made eye contact with her and pointed down. Then he shot into the air and vanished. The demons turned to Nix. They were no longer cowering. Arguments had broken out among the audience again. The music and light show had long ended. Only the stairs remained, and even they were fading. The demons surrounded her slowly. Were they waiting for something? Even the two pillow heads had paused with their flailing captives to stare at her through the aquariums. How was Nick supposed to save Sarah and Tiago? Abendroth and his partner were still backstage far enough that no one from the audience would be able to see them. The spectators obviously couldn't see the glowing portal either. Why couldn't her father have helped her take out the pillow heads instead of opening the curtain and telling her to walk down the stairs? Then again, he'd gotten her out of a hole before. Maybe she should trust him once more. Nix materialized above the circle and stepped in. When she hit the first stair, it jolted her, as if she'd dropped three feet rather than a few inches. She took the second step, and the air seemed to grow hard around her. When her foot hit the third step, everyone in the theater screamed.